Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech the Psachim, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Zayin, finishing the Perak and moving on to Perak Bey's Mishnah Aleph. And we are discussing what I mentioned was one of the most complicated and complex areas and discussions in all of Shas, and that is the Sugir of Hanina Skana Kohanim. Yesterday we mentioned that there was a debate and we concluded that once something is tame, once you have truma, which is contaminated, then we don't mind if you are to burn it with something that has a higher level of contamination because once it's contaminated, we don't mind if you make it even, quote-unquote, more contaminated. As in, if it's consider- if it's already a one level, level number one, we don't mind if you make it a, uh, a, a avatoma. Or if it's level number two, we don't mind if you make it a level number one. So now our mission is going to discuss as follows. That was all good and well in general. Now, um, once I'm burning truma, that's tummy, these, these ties that are, that are tummy, no longer edible because they are tummy. So we allowed and gave a dispensation that you can even burn it, even if while you're burning it, it's going to become an high, a high, and get contaminated with a higher level of tumma. Our mission now is going to bring it back to Psachim. It's going to want to know as follows. What's the din? What's the halacha if now that I conclude, now that I say, on Erev Pesach, after the sixth hour, the chametz is inedible. One's not allowed to eat it because it's chametz. And on Erev Pesach, we already say the iser of eating chametz, the prohibition of eating chametz kicks in. So do we allow you to burn this truma, which is tahar, pure, uh, Not one would technically be allowed to eat it if it wasn't Erev Pesach, do we allow you to burn it with something that's tameh? As in to say, do we allow you to contaminate it because once it's inedible, so we don't care, therefore, if it's inedible because it's, it's impure, and therefore we allow it to make it more impure, or we don't care if the reason it's inedible is because one's not allowed to eat it because it's Erev Pesach, and now it's considered and deemed chametz, and therefore we don't mind if we make it impure. Or perhaps you could say no, that there's going to be a difference between adding on levels of impurity versus adding on pure impurity for the first time on something that's just inedible because the time, this man, doesn't allow one to partake from it because it's Erev Pesach. So this is the question that our Mishnah wants to discuss in Perek Aleph, Mishnah Zion of Mishnah Pesachim. Amr of Meir, comes along of Meir, and it says, lamdu. This that we learned, as in Rabbi Hanina and Rekiv in the previous Mishnah, who said, who taught us in the um, previous Mishnah, we don't mind adding on levels of Tumah, gradations of Tumah, to existing truma tamea, existing truma that's impure, therefore we can infer from there that one would be allowed to burn pure tahar truma with impure substances, impure things, on Erev Pesach. Why? Because once we say that the truma is inedible, so then we no longer have an obligation to, quote, safeguard, end quote, the truma. As in the, the Torah tells us we have to safeguard truma, one's not, therefore that's the prohibition, or at least a say that one's not allowed to make truma inedible. Well, once it's inedible either way, so then we no longer have the safeguard of making sure the truma stays pure, so you can therefore, consequently, burn the truma Tahora, the pure truma, which is not considered inedible, with truma t- with tamei or something that's tamei, making it impure. Again, there's no problem because once it's inedible, we don't care why it's inedible. If it's inedible because it's erev pesach, or you add on another reason why it's inedible because you make it tamei. Omer la Rav Yosi. Rav Yosi responds to Rav Meir and says, "No, nah, no, no, you have it all wrong. Eino hiamida. You can't compare the cases." It's not comparable the case of when truma becomes tummy versus an erev pesach after the sixth hour or during the sixth hour that is when truma when the truma of chametz is inedible. Why not? So it's actually a, makes a very astute comment and a very astute observation. When once truma becomes tummy impure, so now on a level of the on a biblical level, it's impure. 
Once it's impure on a biblical level, now it's inedible on the level of the Orisa, so we, don't, we are not going to care if you're going to add on more gradations, more levels of impurity. However, truma during the sixth hour, truma that's chametz during the sixth hour, Yes, one is not allowed to eat it. Yes, it's inedible, but that's only on the level of Durabanan. The rabbis created this as a safeguard so one does not come to eat chametz when it's actually pro- prohibited. Therefore, they gave this buffer zone where it's a Durabanan, only Durabanan to consume the chametz. Well, if that's true, so says, says the um, Rav Yossi, you can't compare the cases because chametz during the sixth hour, yes, it's inedible, but it's only inedible on the level of Durabanan, on a, on a rabbinic level. If you were now to go and burn it with something that's that's tame, impure on a Daraisa level, you're now going to contaminate it and make it inedible on a Daraisa level, thus raising the reason to a level of the, uh, the, the uh, reason why it's also to level of Daraisa, and then you have a problem. So well, he has a, I think it's a very astute and a good retort. He says you can't compare adding on levels of tumma when we're all we're, we're t- working in the realm of the orisa with adding on a orisa reason why something that's only rabbinically forbidden now becomes biblically forbidden okay for the next part of the mishnah there's a lot of background needed but that's only if you want to understand it on the on the deepest level i think we can be we can we'll learn a little more superficially rabbi Yossi is now going to quote the students of rabbi um, akiva and rabbi yeshua from the previous mishnah to show us that he's actually correct and that uh, he's of the opinion that Rav Meir, who opened up our Mishnah, is learning and understanding the previous Mishnah incorrectly. He says as follows, Both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua, they agree, they would agree, that during the sixth hour, you have to burn Truma Temeya and Truma Tahora independently. You can't burn them together because you're going to add on Truma to the Truma. So what is the Machlokos? In what regard do they disagree? Now, let's say you have truma temeya, impure truma, and you also have truma where it's questionable, did it become tummy or not? Is it impure or not? So now we're unsure, is it impure or not? Maybe it's impure, maybe it is pure. Shrebi Lezer, Omer, Tesorov Zulatum Zulatum. Lezer says, because there's a concern, there's a chashash, that maybe we have pure truma and impure truma, we're not going to want to contaminate the pure truma. Again, it's it's in doubt, maybe it's pure, and because there's a reason to say, there's reasonable reason to say it is pure, we don't want to contaminate it, and therefore we have to burn them both independently. That once we're dealing in the realm of questionable tumea, tuma, questionable tume, so then we can. That's enough to say that we're not going to mind to add on tuma something that's already questionably tummy in of itself, and he allows you to burn it together. The adkan. This concludes the sixth, the first parak. Okay, Mishnah base, uh, Mishnah Aleph of parak base. We're going to move back now just to classical, the world of classical chametz, and it's going to be a lot simpler. Comes along a Mishnah called Shashimut Lachal. As we learned in the fifth Mishnah of the previous parak, that there are various times throughout the day when it's either permitted to eat until the end of the fourth hour. When, then there's the fifth hour where you uh, can't do anything, and the sixth hour when you begin to burn. As long as one is permitted to eat. And by the way, we also learned according to Rabbi Yehuda in the previous Mishnah, excuse me, according to Rabbi Gamliel in the, in the fifth Mishnah, that during the fifth hour, one is allowed to still eat the truma. One's just not allowed to eat chulin. So, so long as one is allowed to eat, and this would include even eating truma, as in the entire um, fifth hour, and one's allowed to feed chametz to their animals, to their chayus and ofos, to the domesticated animals, to the wild animals, to the fowl. They can sell to a non-Jew. Basically, what we're saying is they're allowed to have any sort of benefit from it. Once the time passes, so then also the chametz becomes also, you're not allowed to have benefit from it. 
And so much so, you can't even use it to burn, to, as fuel to burn and kindle in your stove because that's giving, getting benefit from it. Meaning to say that so long as one's allowed to have benefit, those, then one can have benefit. Once one's no longer allowed to have benefit, they can't even have benefit in any way, including using it as feed or selling it, etc. Selling it again, you're going to make money. And this is why, by the way, in Erev Pesach, we make sure you sell your chametz by a certain time. Rehudah now makes a very important claim, and that is the only way in which one can get rid of chametz, at least to fulfill a mitzvah, is to burn it. And I think what we're getting at here is one can make the following claim. This that we have to get rid of our chametz. Is this because we're trying to avoid having chametz in the house? Or perhaps there's even a proactive mitzvah's asay that one is supposed to engage in the very act of destroying chametz. Well, how, what indicates one way or the other way? And this is obviously a complex topic, but this a proof in our Mishnah could be when our Yehuda says there's an actual uh, prescribed way to eliminate chametz, not just to, as the Chachamim say, you can just scatter in the wind or cast it into the sea. That seems to imply basically any way you want to eliminate, put it in the toilet, flush it down the toilet, throw it in the street. Okay, says the Chachamim, you just have to eliminate and make sure it's not in your house. The fact that Yehuda actually gives you a prescribed way, he seems to indicate that it's more than just about eliminating chametz from your residence, but the very act of elimination in and of itself serves to fulfill a positive command of eliminating chametz. And that's just an interesting debate that emerged in this Mishnah. I wish you all a wonderful day.